Shelton, your host. Thank you very much for inviting me into your home again this week. Love being here. And as you can see this week, I am joined by guest Dodge Landisman. Now, Dodge is uh, famous right now in the uh, sort of ex-cult, ex-Scientology world for having been one of the um, targets of Scientology's what you could call dirty tricks or, you know, some people might, might put it under the umbrella of fair gaming or just the kind of nonsense that Scientology gets up to when, with the people who have anything negative, critical, or derogatory to say about them. And Dodge was featured. Uh, you were, okay, so first off, Dodge, welcome to my show. Thank you. Honored to be here. Big yeah, fan. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Glad to have you here. And thanks for reaching out. I, um, I, I've, I've been looking forward to this. Uh, you were, just to give the audience for anybody who doesn't know already or hasn't seen Dodge Around or read Tony's articles on this, you were a news anchor in Yuma, Arizona up until uh, this month, yeah, or last month? That's correct. News anchor in Yuma, Arizona. And essentially what happened is I noticed there were some key points missing from the coverage post-death of Lisa Marie Presley. And if you looked everything on Google News, there'd be maybe one article out of 50 that mentions her involvement in Scientology. So I felt that my job as an anchor with projecting the truth, that I should add that part. And then that was missing from the coverage. So put up an original script put it up online, put it up on YouTube. The video quickly got about, I think, 5,000 views before it got taken down, and then read the one minute, 42 second piece on air as well. And that's that's sort of when uh, Corinne Powell came calling and all hell broke loose. Right, and what exactly, just go ahead and walk us through this, it, you know, in summary form, but what exactly yeah. happened? Now, Karen Powell, for anybody out there, and that is really her name, it's P-O-U-W, Um, she is (laughs) very fitting. Yeah, she is, uh, um, the, I guess you could say Scientology's main media liaison or representative at this point, because her name is the only one that comes out. Although generally speaking, when it comes to important matters or matters of broad public, you know, uh, church issues, she tends to be a mouthpiece for David Miscavige directly. And he, uh, certainly will use her name, uh, you know, for his own statements. So Karen contacts you and what happens from there? Good question. So it is an interesting story and the the details are kind of fun as Mm -hmm. well. So I put this up on a Monday, Monday morning, because I I was the morning anchor, so it anchored the 6 and 7 a.m. show. Mm -hmm. So put it up on Monday. Later that afternoon, I get a call from a 323 number. And... This woman identifies herself as someone from the Church of Scientology. Scientology. I had no idea at that point that it was uh, Miss Powell. I just assumed it, it sounded like somebody even with a South Asian accent or some something I didn't even know. So she calls me and she says, hey, I want to talk to you about this piece that you put up. I don't know where you got your sources from. It seems really sloppy. It seems really poorly sourced. All this stuff about auditing and fair game and using it to attack people, that's just attacking our religion. I don't know where you got that from. 
And I essentially played dumb and thought, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't I didn't wasn't trying to attack your religion. I, I didn't know I was doing that. And, and my apologies. Of course, I, I knew everything about the, the church, but she assumed that I just looked at this one specific Daily Mail article and copied and pasted it and knew nothing about Scientology whatsoever. So I said, yeah, I'll look into it, taking it down. And I did, uh, to her credit, I suppose, essentially agree to take it down. She said, "Yeah, it just it just makes us look really bad." I don't again. I don't know where you got it from. You just take it down, like, oh yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So I didn't directly say it, but I indicated such. And for about a moment, I thought maybe maybe I should take it down. So I really looked at the article sentence by sentence, which talked about Lisa Marie preparing to testify against Masterson. What I essentially did is I, uh, for layman's terms, I condensed the two different trials. So I was. You know, essentially, this is an article informing an audience that knew nothing about Scientology or knew nothing about the specific trial and said she was planning on testifying. She probably would have testified in the retrial, most likely, though, of course, they didn't have the time. They weren't gathering names or anything at that point. Or she may have very well uh, testified at the civil trial. So there's certainly opportunities in saying likely is, is a pretty accurate statement. And I noted that it should have been part of her legacy, that this was I didn't say it was heroic in the article, but I felt it was heroic of her that despite all the repercussions that she would get, she was still very much willing to defend her friends and also make herself look bad. The crux of the story, of course, as I'm sure listeners know, is that Scientology about 20 years ago, give or take, called her, called Lisa Marie Presley and asked her to and asked her to ask her best friend to stand down and not go to law enforcement. And in that phone call, her best friend told her that she was forcibly assaulted. Uh, I know you got to be careful with YouTube, but we all we all know what that is uh, by Danny Masterson. And despite all the blowback and a lot of the information that Scientology gathers from people through the auditing process, that she'd have a lot hanging over her head. So it was somewhat of a a risky move for her personal life. And that Scientology tends to get people fired uh, if they go against them. Hey, look what happens. This is a a very direct source. So uh, we. So we have that very basic conversation, and I essentially let it go. Then she calls me a subsequent, and I don't answer. She calls me a subsequent six times, and then finally the next day, and then finally calls the news station. Then about uh, – so Tuesday afternoon, my news director calls me, and the structure of the, the local news station is I have a news director, my direct boss, who deals with the stories, deals with the employees – deals with what we're going to work on for that day. And he works under the general manager who owns the station, sort of, and he deals with advertising and the bigger picture stuff. And both of them are under the umbrella of News Press Gazette, which is a bigger conglomerate that owns about uh, 10 news stations across the country. So news director calls me. He says, oh, what's what's this about Scientology? This is a, a really bad article. It's really opinionated. I, I, I never expect for, for you to be going rogue. Uh, and then I was able to quickly verify a lot of my sources the, in, in the article because I had to be pretty condensed. wasn't sources that she was planning on, and this is what happened in in the uh, in the trial. Although I quickly gave him those sources, I quickly told him, "Okay, here's the uh, piece of paper from Judge Olmedo and Deputy District Attorney Mueller. Here's an article from Variety, Rolling Stone, Washington Post, L.A. Times, uh, local ABC Seven, Los Angeles affiliate. Plenty of different." valid sources have covered it yep so he he originally says okay and then an hour later he says 
me and the general manager need to meet with you in the morning after your show to fig- to ask more questions and figure out how we'll proceed. So at that point, I'm like, oh boy, I, you know, this, this could be the end of it. So then the, the, then I go into the office the next morning and the general manager and the news director are obviously not happy with me. They say it was the piece was incredibly sloppily sourced, and he said it was filled with opinion, which is interesting because I never said Scientology was evil. I never said Lisa Marie Presley was heroic. I never really added any adjectives, but I said it's possible because Scientology has a history of fair game and Scientology has a history of auditing his general assessment was that it was attacking a religion. For example, if you talk about the LDS Mormon church, uh, they do tangibly give back. So you could say they're anti-LGBT and that's true, but you would might also mention for, to be fair and balanced, that they also do run soup kitchens, that they, that they help families in need, that there's some tangible good that they've done. And, and I was honestly, that was part of what my research when I was trying, when I was doing this article, was there even like, one little moment where Scientology did good and initially said, oh, cool, they're helping out hurricane victims off the coast of Florida. And then that was busted. And they, of course, were not helping out hurricane victims off the coast of Florida. So every every single thing they said, look, look at the tangible good we're doing was completely a mirage. So if you're trying to be an objective journalist, you cannot put anything good that they've done because they've done nothing good. That's, that's just the core. They might have done something good for people in terms of uh, letting them analyze themselves and letting them be the best person they could be, fine, and not get distracted by other stuff in their personal life, but certainly in terms of giving the community at large. So we, so he criticizes me on that. He says that uh, this had gone up to corporate because Scientology was threatening to sue. And Oh, there we go. That's why the pressure. They were threatening to sue. Yes, oh, yes, okay. and they, okay. right. It and, wasn't and just a complaint about you. Now it's saber rattling with with legal, right? Okay, exactly. Okay, because because all the little nitpicky bullshit about your story is just that. <laughs> it's the legal right. threat that's scaring the hell out of these guys. This is, I mean, you said ten news stations. This is not a big news. This isn't Newsmax. This isn't NBC. This isn't ABC. This is not CNN. This is a little. Right a little outfit and right. the truth of the matter is that that Scientology saber rattling is in their eyes scary as hell yes lack of research is yes. Scientology's best friend yeah yes absolutely please carry on I just needed to I just I that part had not been clear to me yet in the reporting on this and that's right. what I, I wanted to comment on that yeah that makes yeah, and total that's, sense that's, that's why I like the show because you kind of really chew on the details and that, yeah. that's an important part of it so right it was a direct threat of a lawsuit even though uh in the past 30 years they lost every tr- jury trial they've had in the past 20 years they haven't actually gone to court that's right uh so paper tiger and it was funny because you're right it's important you bring that up because initially before the follow-up text maybe 20 minutes later my news director wrote me a long thing saying how this is opinionated reckless don't do this in the future because i never gotten in trouble i was only there for two months but i was doing pretty well the ratings had gone up i was well liked by my coworkers, and i respected the local news that they did and, and the efforts that they put in and so there was no issue whatsoever so ostensibly his thing was, oh, was, you know, an outside group complains they weren't happy. Uh, just don't do this style again. And mm-hmm. it was, and, you know, his exact words is, don't, you can't ever do this again. And then it was 
a handful of minutes later where he says, now we need to meet, that this situation all of a sudden is no longer internal, but now, now all these external factors are involved. So she was obviously very quick in calling the news director, voicing her complaints, and then also probably quickly getting the number of the corporate entity higher up the ladder and making threats directly to them. So she made sure she had all our bases covered. First it was me, then it was my boss, and then it was the, the boss of my boss. Right. But right. So that yeah. that was the ori very original thinking, and, and he knew he, this is my boss knew very little about Scientology or anything like that, but thought, well, there's nothing, you know, especially after the phone call where I said, well, this is where all the information is printed. There is nothing blatantly untrue or even blatantly opinion. You could analyze what's in the text, obviously, uh, as slanted as something that could be slanted, uh, or you could all you could analyze it if you know anything about Scientology and say that it's simply context and background information and filling in important information for an audience that knows very little about it. So right. uh, we we had the, this meeting in the morning. They asked me first for my sources again on the Masterson trial, of which I very quickly gave to them. They were satisfied with that. Then the conversation quickly changed to sources about fair game and auditing, which is kind of shocking to me because if you simply Google Scientology, all a million sources about fair game and i mean like, are you kidding me i was able to provide that for them and then they said okay we'll give this all uh to corporate and you need supervision so we're going to put you on the reporter shift nine to five and throw you off the morning anchor desk so is it while corporate investigates that's a bizarre thing that corporate needed at the end of the day three days to investigate uh a one minute 42 second read but it was weird because the, the article stayed up for about three days. And then finally on Friday, I was summoned in. Uh, the initial conversation began on Tuesday. I was summoned summoned in on Friday. And to their credit, my news director and general manager said, uh, you know, I failed my journalistic duty. I lacked journalistic integrity. It was a massive mistake. I, I was incredibly opinionated and reckless, but I should be given another chance. So that And that they would fight for me uh, when they would speak with corporate. So three days, I'm in this awkward limbo and I'm a pretty open person. I'm not, I'm kind of self-effacing and not ultra self-conscious. So my coworkers were all asking me because I would usually leave at, you know, 10 a.m. Dodge, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I might get fired. I love you. I admire your work and just just want to let you know if I'm not here on Monday, it's because of Scientology. And they, they would say, well, what's Scientology? And I say, well, let me tell you what Scientology is. It's a it's a fun rabbit hole. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you that much. And, and so I, I worked that shift. It was such an awkward shift to work because they sent me out being a reporter, interviewing people, uh, getting footage. And the whole time my heart was beating and I could almost hear this ringing sound because I had no idea if I was going to if this can be the last day on the job or not. Mm -hmm. It's such an awkward, awkward process to get your your work done. And I remember before the meeting of the news director and general manager on Tuesday, anchoring that last show and meeting with them literally two minutes after the show was filming and just having to read these words and, and focus on that while all this stuff is in the back of your head. It's, it's an interesting, unique experience. Well, so, let me, if I could interrupt you for a moment, it's yeah, very please. funny that you say that because I'll tell you exactly what that brings to mind. And you might, you might be surprised by this. I don't know, um, or the audience, but the mental headspace you just described is exactly where I was at every single day I was in the Sea Org. Wow. 
every wow, single day because there are two things in the Sea Org that you can be absolutely sure of. One, you don't know how long you're going to be on your job. You could be removed or taken off or transferred right. at any moment. Wow. And right. two, you don't know, um, but you're sure it's going to happen at some point that you're going to be punished, that there's going to be a hammer that's going to fall on your head. You're not going to see where it's coming from. You're not going to be able to predict it, and it's going to knock your head off. And that's something that I started experiencing within about a month of being in the Sea Org. Here's the question. Did you know you were experiencing it? Did you know those feelings, or was it just right? That's the fair weather. Right. It wasn't clear because because you're also and the and the contra you know the 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 cognitive dissonance or the problem here of course is these feelings are there threat danger right. something's wrong something could happen any moment and when you said that ringing in your ears and that sort of distraction that's what I'm talking about you're constantly like what's what invisible threat is in my you know space here is in my life that could fall on me at any moment and i just i had to relate to you because you say it's That's a unique me. thing and you're right it is for people who you know who are not in these like crazy abusive dangerous environments and that's what your environment became the right. moment scientology became involved and i just had to draw that parallel well, it's fascinating. Yeah, you're right. And in the Sea Org, you never know if you're going to get sent to the hole or you never uh, know if you're not going to be even able to get your four hours of sleep That's right. that you're allotted. Right. And, and, and right. You would live that every day. But the scarier part, the scariest part probably of the Sea Org is that you are constantly being told that those feelings were not valid. If I at least went to my boss and said, I felt really weird and overwhelmed, he'd be like, yeah, I get that. But it must be fascinating because the Sea Org is, you are, it's, the onus always comes back on you. Correct. So in some sense, if you were there, if you ever, you probably couldn't vocalize it, but if you ever did, someone would either report it or say, what are you doing wrong to feel this way? And this emotion is not, you know, uh, is not a scientological emotion. That's right. If you could even identify it, because the fact of the matter right. is that most of the time it was this vague, unspecified, very weird feeling because all of the, the knowledge you've been given and all of the things you think you know are telling you this is the most ethical group in the planet. You right. are you have stepped up and taken more responsibility than anybody else in the world right. for the honor. state of the world. You right. are a, you know, you are an extraordinary, even heroic Scientologist for right. even they don't treat being you that way, there. Right. right. But here's all these weird feelings going on. And this is kind of part of that. It's just another aspect of the crazy making environment there I wanted to point out. No, and it's great to point out because you're right, that influence really, really extends. And, yeah. and, and that's their ethos, whether it be a journalist who has nothing to do with them or someone in the Sea Org in a more subtle way, it's always attack, attack, attack. It's never us, whether it's us in terms of the Sea Org and us as a corporation or us as a religion in terms of a journalist, we're never the ones at fault. It's what are, how should you be punished for the misdeed that you are doing or even thinking That's right. within the Sea Org? That's right. Which is, 
which is which is fascinating to me. So yeah, it it was. You're right. That's a great way to put it because it, in some sense, I mean, oh, in in a, the most inconsequential minor way, I was able to relate to a Sea Org member for a second. Uh, <laughs> kind of, of kind <laughs> of, and not. And hey, let's not let's not knock it. It's right. not a minor way, and it's not sure. something small. It's an environmental thing that right. gets you in a headspace where you are more controllable, and right. that's the fact. Right. Please carry right. on. Yeah. That, and that's that's a great point that you brought out because I think that's – their question always seems to be who can we control. And so they had that initial phone call with me, and then they're like, oh, we can't control this guy. Well, we could probably control the corporates who don't have any interest. You so I'm glad it. you brought that up. That's interesting. So yeah. on the in the morning, the morning of, uh, I come in. I'm summoned to the to the office of the general manager, uh, and it was interesting because I remember previously in the previous meeting I asked, "Can I speak with corporate if I get terminated? Would I be able to have a? Can I have a phone call with them while I'm getting terminated and have some communication?" He said yes. Friday he fired me and never gave me that opportunity, mm -hmm. which I I thought you know I couldn't even speak to the people who wanted me fired. So the 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 uh, general manager says that won't take up too much of your time, but Scientology is threatening to sue, and they specifically want you gone. That was another part. Of I it. It was positive that was going to be the condition. I was positive right. that's why that outcome. Yep, there we go. Thanks right. for confirming that. Yeah. Yes, which yeah, which is which is bizarre. You know, I I think they thought that I'd get so scared over this, but you know, it's like that old Bob Dylan song when you when you ain't got nothing, you ain't got nothing to lose. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I was, I was making thirty k a year at a low market station, so it's not like this was the, it's not like I just want to pretend this never happened and go to another little local news station. That that might work if you're in Los Angeles somewhere or a bigger ball game. But it's funny because they really they have this habit of shooting themselves in the foot and making enemies when they really didn't have to, because if they simply said, take the story down and the story was taken down and I still remained at my place of employment, they would have won. I would have cowered to them. That's right. But right. They had to take it a step further where now one article has now turned into eight, uh, including with a major newspaper, New York post. So yep. it is funny. And, 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 and it, it, I, I take some pride in, in being, an accidental player in their downfall, but now, now, now a, a player with some sort of pride. So they're they're talking with me and they're saying, you know, this was we don't do opinion here. What you were doing was opinionated, incredibly reckless, and it was a takedown of this religion. And then my boss told me, he said, "Why are you even doing something about Scientology? It hasn't. Nobody's cared about Scientology in six years." And I'm thinking, like, what are you talking about? Like, it is the sexiest news story you could think of. Even it's not like it just ended with South Park and, and everybody lost interest, uh, especially the death of Lisa Marie. But his his and then it was funny because I was talking about the sources and he said he's still unsatisfied with the sources because usually as a news anchor for local news, we were an NBC affiliate, although smaller time. Uh, what we do is we project the stories that our local reporters do so that's the original content and then we have to do national news and the expectation is cnn will give you a read it'll say anchor read this and then play our video and then nbc will do the same thing they'll reach out you even remember the name of the reporter every day there's a story from brie jackson nbc reporter you write what brie wants you to intro to her and then it's just brie jackson talking 
And I figured, let's add some originality here. Let's add some original scripts. There's there's no there's no ethical rule. There's no rule in journalistic rules or anything like that where you can't put original pieces up. And I'd gotten some positive feedback for previous original pieces. So well, I would I would he, I, let me just say I would certainly hope there's no rules against that because otherwise your whole organization simply becomes an echo chamber of what you're receiving from up above. And nobody, we don't want that in our news. We want local news that's no. independent, creative, shows initiative. Right. You know, that's what we want. So again, thank you. Yes, exactly. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. And right, and they wanted all that, but only with the local stories. And the national stories had to be identical, which made me think, well, why don't you just stick around on the television and watch NBC nightly news coming up a half hour? What Then what's the point of watching us? Right, exactly. Right. To, me, to me, I found none. And and I got some really positive feedback in the last two months. People would run into me at the grocery store. Only 5,000 people watch TV news is dying. But the few people who watched would, would go up to me and say, hey, I really like the original pieces that you put. And I saw something on, on the morning news that I didn't see anywhere else. And I thought, that's cool. That's a part of the job that I feel some pride in and that I could, with my love of news and knowledge of it, that I could bring something kind of unique to the table. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it can't be too too unique. That's that's where you run into the issue. Uh, and it was funny because my boss said, I don't understand why you were using sources outside of AP, CNN, because CNN does all the national stuff, or NBC. Those are the three sources you should have used. I don't, And that's that seems to be a pretty tragic rule that the only arbiters of truth are these three sources oh, come when there's on. right does this guy even know what he's i mean did he even is he even trained i mean that's that is so off the rails as a news right. director to say right what what right right it's what? it's right it's because the expectation is just sit sit, sit down shut up and be charming uh and you know he sure. i think you're so nervous in local news from external sources because the viewership has declined about 6% each year in the past decade. So oh, it's wow. always this protection to protect everything, protect the format. But, you know, the expression, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But if it is broke, you probably should fix it. So there was there was something broke, and I felt like I was sort of trying to fix it in a way. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's weird. I mean, the the you know you think of the, the the anchors of yesteryear like Walter Cronkite who talked about Vietnam and Lyndon and him saying this is objectively – a bad situation and Lyndon Johnson saying the president at the time, if you've lost Walter Cronkite, you've lost America. If you've lost Lester Hull, nobody gives a who, you know, right. it's just a, a, a very, very different era. That's right. So, That's right. Yes. Well, and I will say, and maybe you can um, it, it just, just cause I'm going to randomly interject while you're talking. Please, here. please, please. It seems to me that, um, that what you describe there is a, is a sort of a climate of shrinkage that is just going to continue because if you don't inject some creativity and some initiative into this, why is it that these guys th seem to, what is it, what is it about social media and independent journalists or independent podcasters right. or independent sources of information. What is it that they think appeals to people about that? It's that it's not the corporate stamped approved messaging. It's somebody else right. saying something different, thinking right. different and presenting some facts and evidence to show why they think that way. People want that. Yes. And 
if they're not getting it from their local news about what's right around them, then they run to YouTube, Vimeo, whatever, to find it because they're not getting it there. And then these guys wonder, oh, well, what we really need to do is just reinforce the corporate message. It's like, uh, guys, you know, come on. Anyway, I just, I, I'm always, I'm always interested in the peek behind the curtain on this stuff. And, and to find it this way is not surprising, but certainly disappointing. It's bizarre, right? Yeah. And it's and it, it does. If you're looking at mainstream media as a whole, it does it does make you ask questions because if they can get this scared over the factual article of Scientology, right. then how much influence? And everybody hates Scientology. I think. Oh yeah, there was an analysis that the most disrespected religion was the Church of Scientology. More people disrespected it than, well, I'm sure 10 times more people disrespected it than their actual members of the church. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, 20, uh, 30 times. Yeah, it's at the bottom of the list yes. of like, and it's bipartisan, by the way. It which is, is, yes. Which is absolutely amazing. There are very few things that all of America on both sides of the ideological right. aisle will agree on now. They're, I'm serious. It's it's sad. I'm trying to do whatever I can as a person about that. But right. it's and it's really quite tragic. However, it's fascinating to me being in the space I'm in that the one thing everybody can agree on exactly. very quickly is Scientology is awful. Yes, that's the, and that's why I was so surprised because yeah. it wasn't a political issue that either someone from the left or the right could say this is an example of mainstream media bias. That's right. This is unacceptable. I mean, yeah, objectively, people objectively people realize that this is a cult that is under investigation for child labor trafficking uh, and a number of other issues. Correct. So that that was a fascinating part to me. And and as an anchor, I always try to stay clear of any sort of slant necessarily. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I, I I you know find something that conserve that fell through the cracks in conservative media and put it up, and on the same day find something from Daily Kos if I was looking at the Daily Caller and find something from Daily Kos and put that up as well. Yep. So to really kind of have a have have both both sides and, and, and condense the information to make it less biased and make the language less biased as well. Yep. So I, you know, I I was just shocked that this was this was the one that would be my undoing in a lot of ways. Exactly. Uh, so it was a, yeah, it's an odd thing. And I remember the meeting, they were saying that corporate wanted to get rid of me. They they wanted to keep me, but it's that it's that their it was their decision, and they again continued to put the onus on me that the piece was opinionated, that this is not what a journalist does, that we don't do opinion here, and I told them I thanked them for fighting for me. I did say, listen, uh, I'm going to go to the press with this. I'm sure they thought that I was being a paper tiger and that I nobody would care about this issue whatsoever. So then. It, he may he may look may have the station look embarrassed and said in all of this aggression was slightly aggressive my tone and i made sure to note all this aggression is directed at the corporate entity news press gazette and not you uh although some commenters have noted that i could have, i should have been more aggressive to them which i get so yeah that it was a, a strange meeting and i shook their hand and i told my boss you're the best boss i ever had and thank you for everything and and walked out and then i and then i had to think for a moment i wallowed it wallowed within it in the weekend and i thought well for the continuation of my career my news director 
indicated that he'd be supportive of me and give me a recommendation if I wanted to go to another small market. Yuma had 100,000 people. So if I want to go something similar like Cheyenne, Wyoming, or Fort Collins uh, up north for you or uh, up north of you or something like that, and just pretend it never happened. But I figured I I would just do the exact opposite. If they created an enemy, then I wanted to see it through. And if I even played the tiniest bit of role with increasing public awareness about the Church of Scientology's influence on Lisa Marie and increased public awareness about the Masterson trial, then it's worth the fight alone. And and uh, especially with the fact that a lot of the media was with the death of the cardiac arrest. Of course, there's some drug usage. The media indicated, okay, here's the drug usage end of story. But really, I wanted I want people to know. Well, what what's the external factor causing her? so much duress where it may very well push her to hardcore drug use yeah it wasn't just her yeah it wasn't just her and her alone she loved her family loved her son before he passed uh uh really had her values in line so there's something else and again i thought that was missing from the story in terms of fully understanding the kind of person that lisa marie presley was so yeah i just decided to to continue fighting and uh, got an article in the New York Post and uh, Perez Hilton, which is kind of fun, shared something. And George Takai uh, from Star Trek shared something. And now I'm on this show. So it's 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 been quite a whirlwind, which has been great. But I, I feel like I'm, I'm much more meant to speak truth to power and uh, – you know, I didn't go after religion. That 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 was something that was interesting to me. Is how one one thing that I want to ask you is: yeah. Do you still refer to the church as a religion? Because a lot of the, the the gripe comes with me attacking a religion. Do you feel it should quantify as that, or 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 do you feel like at this point it's just an organization? Well, it's a destructive cult that uses religious right. cloaking to hide its true right. intent, but. I have to acknowledge that the U.S. court system has acknowledged and the IRS has acknowledged that the Church of Scientology is a religious entity and it's recognized as such both legally and for tax purposes. Now, that all being said, they got away with hoodwinking the government is what happened. They're not actually religion. And the debate comes in with um, if we were really going to get down and dirty on it with religious studies scholars is, is it is, is yes, it is in terms of there's a following of people who have supernatural beliefs focused around a dogmatic central belief system that, you know, has rituals, rites and, and practices. And so therefore it really does fit that definition My take is, okay, fine, I get it. But again, they're kind of hoodwinking you because there's a central core purpose here, which is all about the money. And if you don't look at that plainly and see that for what it is, then all the smoke and mirrors suddenly works, you know, and it's a nuanced view. It's a difficult one, but it's it's my take. I think it's pretty accurate. It's it is fascinating to me how Scientology in their defense and them going after the press constantly cloaks themselves within the fact that their religion, of course, are so dogmatic to the teachings of L. Ron Hubbard. But if you look at when he was starting Dianetics in 19, I have a big interest in that era, 1950, 1950, 1951, it ran parallel to Norman Vince's Norman Vincent Peale's Power of Positive Thinking, which is kind of the anti-religion book in some sense. It's not a God 
could give you morality and God can make you the best that you could be. But it's certain aphorisms. It's repeating something much like in auditing, repeating something over and over and over, owning something within yourself over and over and over. And it's fascinating because I think, you know, it was in the 50s was kind of the beginning of the modern era where the country slowly became started to become a little more secular. And the 50s was kind of the, the shooting point for that. Uh, and there were other guides of how to live. So is it genius how Hubbard did that and took a lot of what Norman Vincent Peale wrote with the power of positive thinking, but just added the bizarre backstory to it, the spiritual backstory, uh, the Thetans. And I wonder if that was very intentional. If he saw something down the road where he's like, right now in 1950, I could capitalize on the the very slight anti-religion movement capitalized on that train. But when push comes to shove a handful of decades later, now here's all this mythology that officially makes it a religion. It's kind of like he's trying to have his cake and eat it too. Yeah, a little bit. I um, I would push back on that a little bit only because 1950s is when we added one nation under God to our, you sure. know, sure. Sure. And all that, right. right? And right. Uh, in God, we trust on the money. Right. I right. think it was a period of time that was confusing to people because yes, it was, way to put it. Yeah. right, because of the whole beginnings of the Cold War and the fact that communism, the godless communists were, right. were rising up, right, which was itself just blatant propaganda on the part of the U.S. government. So I think it was a confusing time, but I think Hubbard very, very, very much was aware of the power of religion and religious thinking. He was born in the Midwest, after all. And I think that he, I I think you're nailing it, you know, uh, name dropping Norman Vincent Peale and people like him, because Hubbard was absolutely aware of such people. And I think he used motivational speaker tactics, religious tactics, and Um, and other forms of coercive control, I mean, other forms of thought reform, uh, in his whole process. It was such an amalgamation that no one part stands out more than the rest. It's all kind of this awful whole that is what makes Scientology so powerfully different from other destructive cults. Right, right. And But it is amazing because the religion is always, always the defense, I well, that, and, and that's why they glommed onto it. That is exactly right. one of the key reasons. He started trying to make it a science. And he right. quickly got sure, his yes. ass handed to him on it, right? Because he said, Elrond Hubbard's no scientist. He doesn't know the first thing about it. So the religion angle, as he called it in a letter to one of his associates, uh, was the perfect out for him because it gave him tax exemption and it gave him First Amendment protections. And there is very little in this country that you can't get away with if you have those two things on your side. And I think right. that was what appealed to him about the religious angle. Fascinating. Right. Right. And it's, it's a lot more that you kind of have to put in the effort to fight. Yeah. And that, that makes That's it. Right. Oh, if you're a bigot. Oh. Oh, how dare you? You're a bigot. You're a religious bigot. Oh, oh, oh. well, nobody wants to be that. So we're just going to back away, away from all this criticism of your of your child abuse and labor trafficking. You know, we're just going to back away from that because it's a religion. And uh, and they found, unfortunately, over the decades after they uh, received a shellacking by the government, by the U.S. government in the 60s, they weathered that. They got through it. They survived it. And Scientology went, you know what? We can beat these raps. This is how we're going to do it. We can do it. And they and they have carried forward since then on that on that march of no, we're a religion and we can get away with whatever we want because we're a religion. 
And that, that makes me, it makes me curious because one of the things I also wanted to ask you was to kind of compare and contrast past journalists. Obviously for me, I, I, I didn't have a love. Well, I had a deep interest, but I didn't, ha- I wasn't, didn't have a career background of investigating Scientology. Right. We're talking about Scientology. Right. There are other examples of journalists that they've attacked. And I, I'm wondering that the, you had a great conversation probably about five years ago mm-hmm. with the gentleman who wrote the fair game book. Oh Chris yeah. Canaste. Yeah. Steve, yeah. Steve Kinney. Yeah. He's great. Steve Kinney, there you go. Australian. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. He was with, he was, uh, he was, uh, I think he still is maybe with ABC news down there. Yes. So yeah. I'm wondering it's interesting to compare and contrast because his reaction of his team was so different. Mm-hmm. And that, and I like to bring that up just to talk about what they could have done mm-hmm. because he, he was kind of like me, if I'm not mistaken, where he stumbled on this one specific story, yep. got more and more interesting. And, you know, uh, X amount of years later, he writes a really well-known book about it. Yep. So I'm hoping to follow in his footsteps a little bit, although he did a little, a lot more substantive reporting, but yeah, I wonder like, what do you think would have happened? What do you think would have happened if, or do you think his group would have had any justification of getting rid of him? I wonder if there's even a conversation with him. It seems like they're reflexively, his management team was just reflexively on his side. Oh, so I wonder much. like, yeah. you know, what actually happens if you stand by your journalists? I don't think anything that horrific, really. Uh, no, you're absolutely right. He ha- he and his organization, as far as I know, and I'm not claiming to have deep sure. expertise on this, but clearly ABC News in Australia, the Australia Broadcasting right. Corporation's news outlets, uh, are still operating full stream ahead, and we have not had one headline or news story or even back page, you know, 20 article about right. how the Church of Scientology is suing them. It's right. all just smoke and mirrors, right? And it's all just threats at this point. That's why I called it saber rattling earlier, because that's actually what it is. Now, maybe in the case of a much significantly smaller organization such as yours, they could have and would have followed through on it. I can't sit here and say they wouldn't have. That's interesting. Yeah. Right. Uh, When it comes to, you know, the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, I think they might have thought twice about that, you know, Uh, because and also, of course, since that time, Scientology has had some significantly bigger fish to fry with some of the other legal cases on their plate. So pursuing another one in another country, probably not high on their agenda. Right. It's gotten worse and worse. And that that was an interesting thing, too, is my my family comes from some semblance of wealth. And I even made the offer that if they were to go after anybody legally after the station that my parents would foot the legal bill. <laughs> so not only that, right, that seemed like that would be a, a good selling point to keep my job and they wouldn't lose any money. But they were just so damn scared that it did not, it didn't make a dime's worth of difference. Right. But it is interesting because you're right. It's I, I have to think back all the way back to Paulette Cooper in the 1970s yes. and, and the trumped up bomb charge, I believe, that they had for her, yep. where they had any tangible effect on well, they didn't have an effect. They 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 made her quite the hero and and an activist, uh, you know, in, in some regard, or or a journalist who did a lot of exposés on the religion. But that was the last time they it seemed like they had any tangible success in making a journalist's life who went against them more difficult, or making their 
their management team more lives more difficult. I will say that we know of. Good point. There's a lot of people right. This could have happened somewhere else, and the oh, person thought, you know what? I'm not going to. Zero question. This has happened numerous times. Fascinating. It's just those yeah, people didn't come forward. It. They slunk off, right? Or they didn't say right. anything about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. That they're they're too scared over the. No, no. This pattern is way too grooved in with Scientology. They know exactly what to do. The whole right. climb the ladder, all that. They've been doing this for decades. They know exactly the drill on this. Yeah. Right. Right. And, th and that's interesting. That's probably the history they had if they did that with another local news station oh, yeah. that was you know, represented 100,000 people. It's like, oh, well, we usually scare them off just fine. Exactly. And then all of a sudden. Exactly. Right. And you can see the intimidation tactics as they rolled up the line, right? And right. and you can reframe that a different way if you want. But Scientology being what it is, I'm going to call it that. And I think I'm absolutely yeah. right in saying so. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But that's that's true, right? And and who knows? Maybe things will will come out of the woodwork woodwork in the future but it, it is this bizarre thing where that that's pretty unusual where an article that's factual that could be verifiably sourced it's funny what the the news organization put in replacing they took the article down it was floating for three days which is interesting that it was floating for three days because if it was really that egregious you think they just reflexively take it down the day they found out about it right but instead it was just they had to investigate it so it's floating for three days and then they finally replaced it they took the youtube video down and they finally replaced it with an editor's note saying uh npg of yuma can no longer stand by this author's piece as it contains elements of opinion now here here's the interesting part if there's elements of there's two or three or even six sentences Usually what would happen in editor's note is the article would remain the same, but it would say editor's note on this specific sentence, this was opinionated and we decided to take it down. There was, there was, that's the, the bizarre part about all of this is there's none of that. And then of course, no written, when I was terminated, no written documentation of, of why I got terminated, which is kind of oh, an unusual. That's, that's surprising. That surprises me because yes. in my mind, I was sort of thinking to myself when you were describing the three-day process there, that that's exactly what they were doing was documenting the whole thing. But it appears maybe that's not the case. But I'm wondering- You presented to me. I'm, I'm positive my audience is gonna is already like wondering about this. Like, have yeah. you considered a wrongful termination suit or something like that? It's been a thought. It's been it's been a thought. Um, you know, I was there for so long within the two month period. You're on this probationary period if the, if you're there for under ninety days. So that might that might be easier uh, to combat against. And there's only so much resources the station has. You know, going after Scientology directly, I have a bit of fire in my belly. So part of me is enticed to do that, whether I win, lose, or settle. Because I feel like it's worth it just to continue this bad press momentum for them. Sure. So th this is the first time they're hearing of it. So I, I might, uh, I, I got attacked by the the Stands League, which is of course an arbitrator of religious freedom and fighting against religious religious bigotry. So I wonder if I'll have another Stands League post after I'm, I'm mentioning that uh, I'm thinking out loud about suing Scientology directly. I think, why not? I have some decent resources behind me. And if I could use them uh, to even in the most inconsequential small way, help hasten their eventual downfall, even if that downfall happens within a decade, 
then yeah, kind of worth it. And then if I could settle with them for tangible money though, because they do, that is what they do is they more often, they just settle, settle, settle all the time. That's right. Uh, then, so, now you know, the process getting there, please, let me please just say I'm this sure. publicly to you, right? Is really think about that because taking yes. those guys on is not might, just not, something not that happens in the courtroom. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. Like that's important yes. to know because they will go there and they will go there quickly and your life will never be the same again. So it is very much right. something to think about in going right. after them on that basis. And I, that is no word of discouragement. That is a word of caution. Be aware. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that, and that's the conversation I'll have with other people as well. Yeah. Uh, and I might shoot, drop you a line in the future. Sure is what's their what's their track record for successfully making lives people's lives difficult within the last half decade i certainly know they went through mark headley's trash i certainly know that uh the the uh husbands of one of the people accusing masterson they had their dog poisoned i have a dog that i love so i want to protect him but i wonder is there much else they do these days I, i'm sure there is you just don't know and people are just not saying it stalking right. harassment cyberbullying phone tapping right. email tapping following you around in person everywhere you right. go and right. this is just the tip of the iceberg right. you know investigations noise what they call noisy investigations of you where right. they contact right. every single person around your neighborhood right you know just asking questions about That's that maybe. guy dodge down the street right. did you hear about right. that you know I mean, they're ruthless and right. they are relentless and it's, right. it's formidable. It's, it's, it's all I'm saying, even in the, Absolutely. even, even today. Right. Even to right. And that's, I've noticed all the websites that they put up, which is, which is interesting to me. Yeah. Although I feel like with the websites, it just drives traffic. You know, if you Google oh, the websites only help you. The, right, actually, right. the truth is in the modern world, the websites only help you. I, I, it's a badge of honor for me to have a hate website by Scientology. It's nothing, I, you know. Can I ask you with the website, why does it look like it's from 2007? Like, why does it look like a, a four-year-old designed it? Like, you think they'd at least be a lot more slick in their designs. And I always wondered that, like, at least look credible. I know you're not credible, but try to add some, some bells and whistles bizarre no because the guys doing it are doing it at like three in the morning i mean i'm telling you these people are the most overworked it's 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 ridiculous right. yeah that's, and, and that's besides, probably this it. is this is scientology i mean these are people the people who make these things too are people who are not internet savvy are not culturally savvy really? they're in a bubble world right you know they live in their own little world they really believe that these hate websites you know that somehow people read these things and are convinced. I mean, I, do, I, it. The only people who are convinced by those sites are Scientologists, right? Fellow site, right? Yeah, exactly. But to I, the, I, to I the point that. where I've said the only real audience for those things is Scientologists. Right, right. So, yeah. and and as so I was curious, like how if I don't sue, and you're right, it's 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 a, a real battle that you have to consider taking on. Of which, yeah, you know, I probably lean against it at the end of the day, but it's it's certainly been a thought. Hey, hey like I said, I'm not discouraging. No, you. I know, I'm no, just, I know, you're not at all. Yeah, just saying, get but, the whole picture. You know, yeah, but you have to right, you have to digest as much information. But before you know, if there is no lawsuit, like I'm wondering what else they could really do because yeah, they. 
The Stan League did something. I had a picture of me, and it looks like this negative political attack ad. Yeah. said, listen to Tony Ortega, lose your job. And then I was tagged in the same post as a New York Post reporter, and that's how I got the Post article. So it's amazing how over and over and over and over, you know, Scientology makes a situation 10 times worse than it needs to be. They do. They have. There are two things your story demonstrates fantastically yeah. so far in what you said, which is one, they specialize in making their own enemies. Right. They, they specialize in it. I'm having I mean, the time of my life, I'll be honest. Oh, I, isn't it wild? I, yeah. I mean, my whole life is only on the trajectory it's on right. because they Your went so far out of their way to make my life difficult after I left the Sea Org. I would be paying them money right now. Moving wow. up the bridge, being a loyal Scientologist if they hadn't fucked with me as hard as they did in 2013 and disconnected right. me from the person I loved. It was so stupid, and I was literally cooperating with them. I mean, the anatomy of this is it's so dumb. This is why we keep talking about their foot bullets. They just keep shooting themselves in the foot. And um, the second thing that they cannot seem to get through their heads, and this has been going on since 2004 with the cruise video, the, the black turtleneck video, is they just can't grasp the Streisand effect. They can't yes. get it through their head how that works. Because right. the Going Clear documentary was made more popular 10 times over because of a full-page ad they took out in the New York Times denouncing it before it ever came out. Everybody right. was like, what's this now? The Nobody Going Clear it. documentary. I haven't heard about that. What's that? And that and the, and that's the reason it had three showings, standing room only at Sundance. Right. It's this kind of thing. Why did the Tom Cruise video blow up? Because they tried to take it down. That's why. Otherwise, nobody would have watched the damn thing. Like right. it's ridiculous. Same in this situation. It's ridiculous. Right. This article yeah. would have been taken down. I would have remained at the station. It never would have been. And a we thing. would not now, be talking right now. Right. And now, now it seems like that's the other fascinating part about this to me is with the whole Danny Masterson situation. You know, if Danny Masterson was a Catholic, you wouldn't have the Pope caring about the outcome of this trial. Yes. And I wonder, like, why, you know, this is a guy that he's not like Tom Cruise. I mean, let's get real. He's pretty washed up. I mean, yeah, fine. He had that minor success in Yellowstone, but really wasn't since that 70s show. And a question yeah. I have for you, people paying attention to the trial, obviously they're directly involved with it for convincing the, so I kind of know the answer, but why are they so obsessed with it? Why wouldn't they just say, why wouldn't they just throw the guy under the bus? In because, that because their regard? hands are dirty. Right, right. Because right? they actively, because they actively work to cover the whole thing up and they know it. And then this is further tangible proof, right? And for them going after some, you know, some small time anchor in a city of 100,000 people to take down a truthful post that doesn't make their religious member look good, that further indicates that. It'll be fascinating to see if, if any of the, because I still have her voicemail, uh, which I could certainly send to you and, and anybody could see it if they'd like. Uh, sure. So I'd, I'll, I'll be happy to. Uh, and I wonder if any of this might be even evident in the future for them trying to cover up freedom of the press when it comes to the details of the Danny Masterson trial. It's 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 utterly bizarre. I think the biggest issue, Scientology, and this Scientology is fascinating. You talk about the 
media angle where I feel like they're so unprepared for the internet and they got so used to dealing with with television and print media even you know they lost the time magazine suit but with Tommy Davis and with with uh Mike Rinder before him and do they, do they even have a spokesperson it might be the African-American woman who's been on a few times but no okay well she's she's the she's stationed in Florida and her job, Pat Herney, I think you're talking about. Right, yes. She's stationed in Florida, and her job is not to be Scientology Media Relations International, but just for Flag and for the Clearwater base, which is their most in base, their most important base of operations. But it's not the right. international picture. Right. So they, they don't even have that that singular media figurehead anymore. Not since Tommy Davis walked and or got kicked, really. And um They've used Karen Powell's name for that mostly, yes. but they But he's really, never been on an interview or anything. No, they're never going to go out and get interviewed. In fact, they're and and they're they justify it to themselves because there's Hubbard policy about not talking to the press, and so they don't. Sure. You know, sure. and uh, and they for from their point of view, to just kind of present this for a moment. Sure. From their point of view, they can't get a break. No one right. will tell their side of the story fairly, right. right? Because they, but what they don't know in that bubble and what I didn't know when I used to think that way, and I used to, sure, is those people are, are so in the dark about how many lies are surrounding them. They are clueless about the objective truth of L. Ron Hubbard and the history of their own organization that they end up tripping all over themselves when they are presented with these facts and it screws with their heads so much they can't deal with it. And so they just go, ah, the, the media is a big conspiracy against us because look at all these lies they're telling about us because they can't accept the truth of the situation and that's why they will perpetually and forever be stuck in that problem right well that's a funny part too though is it's not like Karen Powell ever said hey I would love to comment because she could right. have maybe she could have been like this is why you're wrong this is why you're attacking and she might have made it look good I would have put it in there yeah I exactly if they had come in with a rebuttal or something right then we would have had something interesting but right no they're not gonna go there you know they're not no. gonna go there they can only go with intimidation because that's the only thing Hubbard's policies allow for Hubbard's policies are crystal clear you don't debate the media you don't go on there for you know to present your side their policies clearly state that the media is a conspiracy of lies and vicious vicious rumor mongering that is purposefully done to keep society riled up and so there, there is no truth in media, according to L. Ron Hubbard, and that's that's why they don't want to give it the time of day. Right, right. Yeah. It's it's, but it is funny because they say we need to ignore all the media and it's all BS, but then they meddle with the media at the same time. And that's the intimidation factor, right? Let's be a bully because they. Don't, you know, I I, yeah. I was always curious. It's fascinating to me, especially members of the Sea Org. With the internet, with the television, the narrative is so much easier to control. And I can understand why they sent Tommy Davis or Mike Rinder to go out because it would just be that little bit that was on television and then that was it. Or, yep. you know, you'd have to 
finds a physical newspaper versus this stuff is floating. When you're in the Sea Org, uh, you had some community, did they do like a, a filter like they do with the Orthodox Jewish community where like if you search something on Amazon and it's a woman wearing a dress, they have a big black box over the woman so you can't see her. Like how, how, how did Scientology like not have that curiosity to simply Google it or is there some sort of filter or do you just tell yourself don't look at evil things and, and that mind control works so effectively that you don't? It's mostly the latter. It's mostly the last thing you just said, right? It's, they learn how to thought police themselves. There's layers of 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 uh, actions taken against individual Scientologists to put that in place and re and keep it in place. Right. For the Sea Org specifically, they just don't have that. When I was there, up until I, literally the year I left. There just was no internet access on the base. If you wanted internet access, you had to run, right. run off to Starbucks or the grocery store or some shit where they had Wi-Fi on a right. Sunday morning when you're getting your groceries. And that's the only time you actually had internet right. access. Yeah, right. What they did in order to solve that problem, because they recognized that people were getting curious and going out and doing that. And they recognized the problematic nature of that because Xenu right. and, you know, and all the other nonsense yeah. is they said, okay. We're going to set up an internet Wi-Fi on the bases, on the Sea Org bases for the crew, and your laptops and your devices, and hardly anybody has a device, but they do have some pads and some, and some laptops, and they said, okay, you bring those to security, and we're going to put the special software on it. Right. Okay. It is like the Orthodox Jewish community. Yes, it is, and the, and it is. It's like what I say is it's 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 like Chinese internet, right? It's yeah, it's right. so filtered that you're never going to be exposed to any of the bad stuff. It's literally impossible yeah, to search for it. So that's how so they. That's why. So if you Google Scientology on that, did two results come up? If you Google what what? If you Google Scientology on a, a Sea Org phone. Did like two results come up then? Yeah, basically, you're not going to get much. You'll get you'll get the Scientology website. You'll get right. the Scientology good news stuff that they put out right. their press releases, but you will not find a single story that references Xenu or body thetans or there's a whole list, a big long list of keywords that are just xed out. And if this article says or implies or infers anything going close to that, you're never going to see it as a Sea Org member. Fascinating. Yeah. So it's this, it's, it's this really tight control that they have. That's right. That's right. And, I, that, and I, because I, of the fact that L. Ron Hubbard didn't anticipate any of this. No. He didn't see well, of course, any of this. You know, coming. the alternate alternate universe people have, you know, Edsels and yeah. are wearing fedora hats. <laughs> that's and, right. That's uh, right. So wearing their nothing, pants up to here. Right. And, that, and that's why they can't roll out new policies easily to account for this right. kind of stuff and roll with it. That they're the very antithesis of adaption and progress, you know? Right. Right. And I, I, I hope that's ultimately the hasten of its own downfall that they can't it is. adapt to the modern modern technology or really that's why it's shrinking so quickly right is because they can't change the narrative they can't change l ron hubbard and who and what he was right. and they can't present him as a flawed leader he has to be the perfect leader and so they're stuck and that is i believe in a long-term look one of the main reasons it's shrinking all our work as critics and ex-members and exposés and, and all of that hastens it 
but it's already a it's already a done deal as far as its eventual demise. The destruction. Right. I mean, from my very first video, right? The destruction is in its DNA. It can't. It's self destruction. It, it's it's never right. gonna. It does not have long term legs. That's the fascinating part because you're right. Back you know, back in the day, if you wanted to learn something negative about Hubbard in the 90s you early 90s you'd have to go to downtown manhattan and get open up a newsstand to get the village voice or you had to go to downtown phoenix and open up a stand that said new times and other than that there'd be no way to hear of anything negative about that guy Correct. versus now with david miscavige just simply google his name and 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 10 million 10 million things come up i always wonder why he's still you know how there hasn't been an internal mutiny yet but i guess he especially when l ron hubbard never really directed for him to be the successor that he kind of manipulated hubbard in a, it what seemed like was a drug stupor at the end of it from towards the end of his life perhaps but i always wondered that how there's never there's never been internal conversations of a mutiny maybe the religion is just too small for people to care no, the the fact of the matter is there have been um, efforts made, in, you know, by individuals. I mean, we know about one for sure. This guy, Mark Yeager, he was one of the he came up with Miscavige and that sort of thing. And he tried to buck that system and tried to right. try to push back. Early on. Nope. Nope. You know, he, he ended up in a really bad way. I don't even know if the guy's still alive. And I'm not implying Miscavige murdered no. him. I'm just saying I don't know if the guy's still alive. Right. Um, but but Miscavige has uh, arranged things in his inner circle, and let's not forget, and this is an important piece here where a lot of people do forget this, is they've got this thing called an e-meter. Right. And it doesn't work, but, some, but that's all. not the point. The point is right. Scientologists think it works. Right. And that's important because nobody, can, nobody can get close to this guy because they have to reveal all. Right. And so, and they are asked direct, sharp and pointed questions on the meter, like, do you have an evil intention towards David Miscavige? Right. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're right to the point. They don't beat around the bush with that e-meter. So right. it's, a, it's a level of control that has to be seen to be appreciated. Well, that's what's fascinating, too. And that's, again, I enjoyed your, your bit in The Master and them analyzing it. Yeah. When the Joaquin Phoenix character was you know do you have i can't remember uh what it was or like do you do you have thoughts of of wanting do you kill somebody no do you kill somebody no do you kill somebody do you kill somebody do you kill somebody do you kill somebody do you yes. kill somebody eventually on the seventh time you're gonna say yes and it was funny because that specific sentence in my article was my news director really didn't like that science through the auditing process exact words were through the auditing process scientology has a way of even getting you to admit things you might not have even done and will could often record those sessions and could use that in the future against you correct but right that's that's the that's the really intelligent way i mean that might have been who knows that could have even been intentional when hubbard was working on how the e-meter worked and 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 that process but it is fascinating because that's that's literally what what they'll do and the mm -hmm. auditing is such a different intense it's not like psychotherapy where there's kind of a give and take and an analysis but it's it's it is fascinating too because they you won't feel you're being judged they won't say this is you did something bad you did something evil they'll just say did you did you did you did you so it's a really smart way where you won't even realize you're admitting 
some a wrongdoing necessarily because they won't tell you that and it's almost like this they get you to fall into that trap so you're right there are all these there are all these things hanging over people's heads even of which might not be true that's right um, that's right no right. your your sentence the thing you said about scientology auditing is spot on and it right, can be yeah. shown it can be proven i could source sure. that for you in an afternoon sure. It's, right. it's absolutely true, right? False memories right. are a thing. Scientology does induce them. And that's just a fact, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. End of story. Yeah. Yeah. So it is, it is fascinating. And all of these things are so easily verifiable. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, your, your guys were just being freaked out because of the right. legal thing. That's, I'm positive that's what was just freaking them the fuck out. And, uh, yeah. and they just couldn't, they were just falling all over themselves to come up with ways to invalidate what you said. And I can understand why lines like that could be controversial sure. to them. I really do. I mean, I get that Absolutely. part, but yeah. you know, okay, fine. Excise a few lines. Don't like, how, right. how is this? I'm now being fired. What? Right. You right. Know? right. It was yeah. extreme, but it was funny because I think that the interesting thing about Scientology and this talks about, is there a, a semi-successful not media blackout, but media grayout. Because I wonder if their issue with me is first the video got six thousand views, and this was the first time really mention of Lisa Marie and Danny Masterson. Masterson had been covered on TV news singularly, but I wonder this is the first time Danny Masterson and Lisa Marie Presley was mentioned on television. I wonder if their concern was with the YouTube video if they saw a guy with coiffed hair in a suit next to an NBC logo saying Lisa Marie Presley was was in preparation for testifying. I wonder if they were scared, and rightly or wrongly so, that seeing in a so-called anchor man present that bit of information would be more authoritative to potential audiences. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. If a formal um news organization and i don't know what it would be that would make something formal versus informal other than training right. and maybe well, network you know, that we'd have a network network logo next to us yeah. yeah exactly but that has the possibility the danger of course of your story and you know this better than me is what if somebody higher up picks it up and then it starts right. like then it starts going because that does happen all the time Big stations are looking at the local stuff all the time. Like, what right. can we grab? What can we grab? What can we grab? Right. So there's a very real um, possibility because Scientology is so controversial and is so universally reviled and is therefore a subject of interest in news. I mean, when we got the um, when I got the Masterson jury foreman to do an interview on my show. Right. Um, we really kind of hoped that would get picked up and it went as far as Yelp, Yelp news. That's, that's, cool. that's yeah. as far up as it went. And then at that, and then nobody picked it up from there. And that was fine. I understood. That's, yeah. But that's you how, know you know, you, you know, that's how it works. And so I'm that's, surprised the Ortega stuff didn't get more, the interview with Lisa Marie didn't get more traction. Me too. I was surprised. Why do you think that is? I was surprised by that. Is that part of their, their reticence to, uh, challenge Scientology in some sources, but I was shocked that that didn't become front page news personally. Couldn't say. Yeah. I, I can't claim say. enough enough knowledge sure, of that of sphere to yeah. know. Yeah. Don't but know. Yeah, you never know what sticks. Right. No, you never do. And and always, you know, it's kind of like, why did Nexium get prosecuted? Because it was it because Ranieri was such a bad guy? No, not really. It was because the it, of the timing. 
It was because right. it was it was on it was during the Me Too. It was right. a New York Times article finally ran on it because right. of Me Too, only because of that. That's fascinating, right? That was the most important part of it, right? That's right. And that timing, because in 2012, apparently, the New York State Attorney General was quite interested in the shenanigans right. of Keith Raniere, and then suddenly it all just disappeared. The investigation just stopped. Yeah. And then here we are, you know, and then 10 years later, it gets picked up. So what's the deal, right? So timing has everything to do with what's going to get picked up and and I wish right. it wasn't so arbitrary. You'd think it wouldn't be, but people are people. So there a bigger right? Is there a bigger picture going on? Is yeah. there a bigger thing? That's yeah, right. I, I, I think Nexium also was probably smaller, and therefore, but I don't. But you know what? That's fascinating to me too, because they went and you know a, a lot of Nexium is based on Scientology, obviously, but they yeah. went down to, to Puerto Vallarta and got Keith Raniere. He was in a different country, yet they still can't serve David Miscavige. I know, right? Well, the, obviously, the difference is that Ranieri was being pursued by the FBI for right, federal for charges, and they were criminal. law enforcement. Right. Miscavige is, 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 is avoiding service in a civil suit. And say what you will, right. but they're two different levels of thing. So, right, and two different levels of, of urgency for enforcement and, that's and, right. and capability for enforcement as well. Exactly. Right. The U.S. Marshal Service is going to be like, yawn. You know, oh, right. a civil suit. OK. And again, please understand this ain't me saying this or thinking no. this or wanting right. it to be this way. It just is what it is. You know? Right. 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 Yeah. It just, that's that's how it how it. If David Miscavige were being pursued by the feds for real on a criminal charge, let's say a RICO or let's say some kind of tax fraud or wire transfer fraud or something like that. And certainly he has been and probably still is being investigated for such things. But if they were really serious about it, they'd go pick him up in a minute. They know exactly or could easily find out where he is. Right. And no desk receptionist is going to stop them. And certainly no. no Sea Org security guard playing dress up is going to stop an FBI agent from, you know, doing what they're going to do. Right, right. They, know? They, they, they'd be able. Right, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be that hard. He's probably still yeah. somewhere in the country. It would be easy um, for them to go get him if they really wanted to. Right. Where I wonder where was the last time? Because where did he live? Mainly in Clearwater, or yeah. did he like go back and forth? Okay, he does go uh, back where, and forth, but right, he used right. to he used to mainly live in L.A. He has a number right. of apartments in Los Angeles County area at the Sea Org base and in other Scientology locations. And then in Clearwater, though, is where he tends to hang out now because it's a it, there's a full base. He's got multiple locations. He could be anywhere at any time. There's all these different buildings, and maybe he's not even in the city. Maybe he's not even in the country. And you know, and he flies around over to England and other places enough that he can, you know, always be elusive. No, I was wondering. This is silly, but since I have you, yeah, in sure. for long, yeah, you might you might know people who knew him. Was there any, like, even slightly human side of David Miscavige? Did he ever have a dog, or would he ever like to go to the movies? Yeah, or yeah. For all those swim? things. He did? Okay. Yeah, huh. absolutely. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, he has a beagle. Uh, I, I think I he still know. has it. Uh, he's made people salute it. <laughs> yeah, dressed it up in a captain's outform and ev outfit and everything. 
Um, he he has gone to the movies in the past. I have absolute well, eyewitness testimony of that. And he's, okay. huh. you know, now to say, is he a regular guy? Fuck no. no. He's absolutely no. not. And he never has been. He's always been a control freak. He's always had to be the guy everybody's paying attention to. And he always has to be in charge of the situation, right? That's Miscavige. Right. So, right. but no, he absolutely yeah, does no. human things. He's apparently right. quite a good photographer, especially he does huh. underwater photography. He's quite a good <laughs> diver apparently interesting yeah huh. so you really don't go for swim in the ocean he'll dive yeah i always wondered that was he just this complete mysterious figure that stays holds up inside the whole day or was there something no he gets out weird. he does stuff he, he races right. motorcycles with crews he he screws around he does yes, stuff that i've heard yeah right yeah. right the, the thrill-seeking stuff that's right God, that's interesting but i always i always wonder what what he was like and he ever date anybody post well he shouldn't be dating apparently. still married Right, 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 right. Yeah, no, no, no. As as we understand it, if there's any kind of nonsense going on or extra, you know, marital stuff going right. on, it would be with his personal assistant, Luce, uh, right. whatever her last name is. Yeah. Right, right. But very. Maybe that's that's part of why he still maintains some power because it's it's interesting. You think like a a, cult, a leader of a multi billion dollar organization would would kind of have a fun social life in that regard or, or a wild dating life but maybe that's part of their strategy is you know with that comes a lot more controversy a lot more headaches um and i wonder if that's one, one of the reasons he hasn't been nailed as much because he you know he's kept his his social circle very internal and very consistent very much so um, very very much so right. also there's a concept which doesn't get talked about a lot so let's go ahead and uh, throw this out there for a second you might find this interesting yeah it's called being fabian with a capital f it's after okay, like uh, the singer in the, the 50s or no. completely different no no okay. some old general thing it's a general huh. fabian i mean this is way back way back in the day this is a hubbard thing and hubbard said that um the sea org needs to be Fabian, and by that he was to referring to a strategic thing where your enemy never really knows where exactly you are. Funny. One day, out of nowhere, you pop up over here, and right. then the next day you pop up over here, and then the next day you're over here, and they never know where you're going to be or what you're doing, and it's called being Fabian, and this is an expression in the Sea Org. Love and, that. That's a new one. Yeah, and they use that. We don't talk about it much, but it's at, but it's in there. And I think Miscavige lives his life that way, right? You know, because he's, he's a scared little man. I mean, he and he has lots of reasons to be. There's an awful lot of people who mean him an awful lot of will, to be honest, sure. Ill, Ill will, sure. you know, deservedly and so. yeah. yeah, and deservedly so, exactly. And he's hyper aware of that, as well as the legal. But more, 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 much, much, much more importantly, is he's hyper aware of his legal. Uh, exposure and and the problems of that and like Hubbard, you know he has to hide away most of the time because of that. Here it actually reminds me of one question I want to ask you. They've always had curiosity about. Yeah, you know, one one of the anchors of a cult, of course, is creating a million different abbreviations yeah. and a million, <laughs> yeah. million new words. Yes, was it when you left the Sea Org? Was it almost a bit awkward 
communicating with the WOG world? And was it tough to express your emotions because everything would be just seeped into how your thetans are or OTs or WOG? Or I wonder if it was almost like learning a new language in some sense and getting to know kind of the outer world. Yes, yes, it is. Um, let me first let me first say a couple of things. It's uh, we we probably shouldn't be throwing the word "wog" around as much as we are because it is a racial slur in in international circles, right? Even if oh, we, okay. if America's not aware of that, UK is hyper aware of it. It's actually. Ah. Kind of racial. No, no. Just so you know, it's and, and the audience too. I wanted people to know this, right? right? Is it's because well, we use that word just like you just did, right? right and, and we right. use it all the time in the Sea Org. Apparently, it's quite a nasty racial slur in the UK. Oh, yeah. Just know. So something to know, but yeah, that's one of the Very things good. I had to learn, right? Um, in the language adjustment thing, I was like, wait a minute, it's what? It means what? Like I had no idea. Um. In terms of the acclamation and all, oh, and then the other thing is it's Thetan, not Thetan. Ah, yes, important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Re- and and the way to remember that is it rhymes with Satan, and that's not a coincidence. Is it not a coincidence? It's not a coincidence. That's fascinating, really. I will say that. That's my opinion, but I will say right. that. Yes. Yeah. If you go down the occult rabbit hole of Scientology, and it's quite a rabbit hole to go down, then then you see a lot of inside jokes and a lot of stuff Hubbard created in Scientology that is a that's that's a play on words that's Hubbard having his own little he 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 moment with his yeah, with his followers. Um but in terms of answering your question, yes, the adjustment was 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 fantastic. It was huge. It was gigantic. It it took years, and wow. um and yes, there was a whole lot of issues with uh, oversharing and and with how to communicate to people in the real world and how people really relate versus the hyper transparency that's required of you as a cult member and how you are always reporting on every aspect of your life and every thought you've ever had and all that nonsense. That you know, as after years and years and years of that inside a cult situation, whether it's Scientology or Twelve Tribes or you know Nexium, right. um, you become you know kind of used to that. You don't have any more secrets. You don't have any more real inner personal life that that gets to be your own. And it takes a while coming out of a cult to learn that boundaries actually exist and are healthy and are real and something you should enforce and have in your life. Right. You know? Right, and you're allowed to have it for yourself and other people. Yeah, and that, that must have that that must have been the most interesting part for you when you left. Is you kind of just from square one, you had to learn how to respect yourself and create even create that language. Because I'd imagine there isn't a lot of I feel overworked, I feel overstressed, I need a break, I need time to chill. There isn't so that even learning that it's almost like like you're like. You were like a caveman in some sense, transitioning into the industrial age. In many you know? ways, in many ways, that's absolutely true. I have re- I have compared it. Um, I think uh, I think the most accurate analogy or comparison to it is um, when you come out of a destructive cult, it's like moving to another country. Yeah. You know, you have so much to learn. You have no idea how much you have to learn. You just don't. There's no way for you to know yeah. until you immerse yourself in a different culture 
and you learn that they do the zip code backwards or the addresses are all right what you know wrong way too like if you move to spain the addresses are all backward you're like what is this you know all these different things that this other culture does that you now have to learn and acclimate to because the little bubble world you were living in the you know the reason we call it a cult and the reason I kind of like to stick with that word, even though a lot of people don't necessarily get the connection, is right. that's the root word for culture. Right. True. Cult culture. Yeah, right. It's a little culture. And it's you right. are re-acculturing or re-acclimating yourself to a new cultural situation when you come out of it. Right. Right. Fascinating. Yeah. And there's always that that transition, which, right, I imagine must be incredibly rocky because it's it's very specific. And, right, the, the, the way you lose, you use language and ideas, so you don't, there isn't even language for the idea, really, of self-respect and self-care necessarily. Correct. Uh, self-justice or, or anything like that. That's right. And, and I guess that's how they keep you, because, well, I think from a casual observer like me, it's always shocking. I'm sure everybody asks, how can you stay in for so long? But it makes sense the way you can stay in for so long when something is built up through language. And the ethos of how to think about your own personal being is completely shaped by the language of L. Ron Hubbard and Dianetics. Exactly. You know, it, 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 it kind of, you know, then, then it's like, well, how do you, it's so much harder to deprogram yourself because you don't even have the words for it. You don't even have the ideas for it. So I, I admire you incredibly because it's just it's like starting from scratch and that's the other thing i wondered is like when you're in the sea sea org you would usually not get more than four to five hours of sleep a night how do you how do you even continue to walk and look or or do you just become an autopilot and does that critical thinking working the sea org fall by the wayside because do you even feel tired i wonder or do you just kind of feel more robotic than anything else I can't, that last okay. Thing is I, sure. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start by saying all of the above, cool. <laughs> right? Because yeah. you know, over time, you are going to experience all of those things, right? I can right. I can point to specific instances where I spent weeks basically in automaton mode. There's right. other times where I spent you know years on the RPF. Um, you know, with uh, under intense food deprivation uh, and right. intense hard work, hard physical labor, there, uh, you know, the language rewrite is the most powerful component or one of the most powerful for sure. I mean, the emotional manipulation is also up there, but the uh, language manipulation is important because language allows you to think certain things. But when you take language away from people or you modify it, you make it impossible to think about certain things. You have to yeah, start exactly. fitting round pegs into square holes. And if this is a difficult concept, and let me give you an example that is not a Scientology example, but might serve is imagine not having a word for sad. Just, wow, yeah, right. It's just gone. Right. It's gone. You have no That's word the... for it. Right. How do you express a feeling that you now think of as sad, but you have no word for that? So does that feeling even exist? And if it does, how do you think about it within right. terms like anger and fear? And right. this if it exists, how... why is it your fault? Yeah, you? how do you work that around? Well, if you didn't have a word for it, maybe somebody could give you some other thing that actually doesn't have anything to do with it, but you're going to go with it because you just don't have that concept. 
Right. That's a fascinating part. It's Scientology so much about self-empowerment, but the language is perfectly constructed to lose your individuality and for you to be de-empowered. Oh, exactly. Not only de-empowered, but literally imprisoned. Right. It is a prison of the mind. Larry Wright nailed it with that. Nailed it. Right. 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 Yeah. And you wonder how somebody could fall into it, but you're right. It's step, it's step by step. And those early phases, those early phases can be really cool, especially if you grew up in a religious zealot household where it was the only, only guidebook is specifically what was said in the Bible. And then all of a sudden, let's say you're somebody in the eighties and you think, oh, this is actually what I'm truly capable of. Don't overanalyze. Don't get too emotional over things you really can't control. Don't deeply internalize a slightly negative comment that somebody says. You know, just focus on bettering yourself. Ostensibly, that's great, and I'm sure it provides some some sort of decent success early on. But then, right, and then you get that notion of success. But it's subtle, I bet. It's first believe in yourself. Don't get distracted by negative comments from other people, but then it's like it continues and it's don't get distracted from comments from anybody, including if it's your mother who says she loves you and wants to see you, you know, including if it's your child and says they don't agree with your religion. But it is fascinating because it's that same language of analyzing how you could be successful for yourself that they use to for you to turn against other people and for you to turn against the real world. Exactly. So it's an it's an interesting dichotomy. Exactly. I'm looking for a quote that I posted to somebody yesterday on Twitter of all places. And it might take me a while because well, I tweet way too take much. Take your time. Know your hardcore. I got I gotta tweet more. I'm I'm behind. Oh, I'm 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 so far ahead. I should not be this far ahead. But um there's a there's a um section I pulled out of one of Hubbard's books on the topic of responsibility. And I thought you might find this interesting while we're talking about language. If I can't find it in a second here, I'll just paraphrase. But basically, Hubbard says that responsibility is not just um, able to respond or something that is in your sphere that you can do something about. Um, Responsibility is something that um, that you have for... Every single, I think I've missed it somehow. You are responsible for every single thing that has ever happened in this world. You are responsible not only for the war happening on the other side of the world that you've never, you know, you're responsible for the sniper taking out the target in a war you've never been in, in a country you've never seen. And you're like, wait a minute, what? And it's like, yeah, this is this is what responsibility, what full real responsibility is, is your willing and knowing recognition of your responsibility for these things. And that's the kind of rework, you know. So that, I'm, I'm curious, if you don't mind me interjecting, yeah, yeah. how quickly do you find that into your coursework of Scientology? That specific very interesting. So that's even early on. It's first take responsibility for yourself. And then it's like, well, look at everything at the hot. Yeah. It's pretty early on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It right. was out of a 1951 book. Okay. Right. So it's pretty basic material. And now that everybody's going through all the materials and having to read everything and all that, that everybody's exposed to it now, but they've always held that standard. And so they can always use that to, 
you know, drive your, uh, you know, self-determination into the ground because you're just simply right. not being responsible enough, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. But, it, but then that focuses it back onto you and you don't think you're being controlled because somehow the blame is with on you, which is a consistent part of their teaching. So it is, it is kind of this genius way of how to hold somebody and then keep them in with that same self-affirming language, but by just like spinning it and using it against them. Correct. That's exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's how it works. Right. It's a fascinating, it's a fascinating analysis. How, 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 I, you, I heard your story a while ago, but what was that first like pop where you're like, maybe this is all, all BS. Cause you served twice. How many years in the sea work? Well, I was seven, okay. It was 27 years in Scientology officially. Right. I, I, mean, right. I kind of grew up with it. So altogether it was, you know, well right. over 40 years, but, um, the first, the first real point of departure from, you know, a sort of um, real dedicated devotion to the organization and the mission was in mm, 2001, two time period, somewhere in there, uh, where I went down to San Diego for a project and came back. I had succeeded at the project, but, um, cool. but it was then uh, it communicated to me that what I had done was, you know, no big deal, nothing special. And we were absolutely positively never going to do anything like that again. And right. uh, that was, that. it was just a little eye-opening. It was a little bit of yeah. a, huh, you know, that's interesting. It would be kind of like if you had had a story and it was, and it was a great story. It was a hot story, yeah. right? And other media outlets, you know, didn't quite have it yet, but they were going to get it maybe, but they, right. you know, and you were like, we got to run this thing. We got to run this thing. This is what we're right. here for is to you break put in the all news. the effort, all the research hours. Research. You've done yeah. all the work. Exactly. Yeah. Here it is. Yeah. It's yeah. flaming hot. And the editor goes, yeah, we don't do that. Right. Yeah, we don't do right. that here. And you're like, wait a minute, I thought this was the whole purpose of what we were doing here. And it's like, yeah, no, that's not what we do here. You know, just go. Oh, just pretty go, much literally just go, did happen to me. Just go get the pickups from CNN. <laughs> right. Go, 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 right. you know, tap you on the head. Go get the pickups right. from CNN. Go be a right. good little boy, you know. Right. And that was my first point of, of departure. But it took another 10 years before I finally, wow. finally walked. Yeah. 10 years. Yeah. That was the beginning of what I trace out to be my end, but it, it was a long process. And I've always, I've always told people I'm a slow learner. So, you know, the last question I had with some people <laughs> yeah, <laughs> last, 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 and some people go over quickly and some people don't the first day you were officially gone. Yeah. Was it, were you in such deep fear and depression or was there also some sort of delight in like taking the simple things in life, sleeping in and. Oh, watching? I was ecstatic. No, no, I was ecstatic to be out. Okay, um, cool. Yeah. So you, that's nice to hear. So you felt that sometimes I'm like waiting, waiting, waiting. And I hear the awful things that you've gone through, but then the payoff is like, oh, like, oh, I came in and I was a mess and i hated myself and you know i threw up all day in my room and never went out for you know five months but that's so you that's interesting so the moment like you were out you kind of felt that relief and like i had that's things, cool well, and that was and the reason why is because i had things to look forward to i thought i was going to start a family i thought i was going to get like, a real job i thought i was going to do scientology i was still a scientologist right Right, right, right. Fascinating. So right. I thought just, I had a whole, it, right. yeah, I had a whole thing set up as to what I was right. going to do and quickly disabused of that <laughs> you know, within a year, all of that was gone. So, right. 
Yeah. Right. And I always wonder what is the luck and what is the allowance? Do they, does, does Scientology care? Cause I know there's some people like this that practice the teachings of L. Ron Hubbard practice Scientology, but aren't part of them formally at all. Are like, are you even allowed to do that and consider yourself a Scientologist? I wonder. Oh, you mean independent Scientologists? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Anybody can call themselves a Scientologist, right? And, and Hubbard right. himself right. said, look, if you're using Scientology to improve conditions in life, you're a Scientologist. Right. I mean, he so was. So they can't even make the argument against you. It, no, not officially. What they used to do, and they did this really hardcore in the 80s, if you want to Google Advanced Ability Center. Okay, um, yeah, I don't know that one. That, yeah, the adva- there was a schism of Scientology, real schism in, in the 80s. Um, yeah, full on. I mean, it almost destroyed the church. And wow. um, and the largest, most successful independent Scientology operation that the church went right after, and I mean hard, was this advanced ability center. And that was where that was where Hubbard's named technical successor was. He he ran it. His his name was David Mayo. And, oh wow! I didn't even know he had a he named. I never knew that. Yeah, he had a guy who was, go- he was Hubbard's auditor. He was okay, the guy yeah. who literally kind of wrote the OT level five, six, and seven. Wow. And he was the technical guru of Scientology. He was gr- he was being wow. groomed to be that for years. And then Miscavige and Hubbard's insanity, uh, you know, were leveraged right. to kick Mayo out because he was a threat to Miscavige. And that's, that's how he got ousted, and he went and started his own thing. And then the church came after him hard. Miscavige came after him with everything they had, and they shut the whole thing down and got wow. rid of it. And Mayo went off and kind of just didn't do any more Scientology again. And his name was mud in the world of Scientology by the time I got in and started doing formal official services in 1985. Yeah, in 1985, Mayo was name was already mud. It was absolutely like anything that he had touched was was awful. Fascinating. Yeah, huh. yeah. They so. do a good job of controlling that press because that's the first time I've heard the dude's name, and I've you know listened to a million podcasts. Oh, you and, can find stuff. 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 No, you'll if you start yeah, looking no, for yeah, it, you'll I'm find sure. stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, but it's it's amazing. It's not you know the basic Wikipedia rundown or or even in other articles or whatever. Because hmm. um, I heard about like the Rokers, you know Pat Roker and stuff like that, and the closeness with Hubbard and them, you know, potentially taking over. But God, yeah. I didn't know there was an auditor that was supposed to be a technical successor. That's that's that fascinating. Mayo, Somebody, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was he was um, yeah he was the technical successor, and the Brokers were right after that. Oh, right, right. Because right? they were then then going to be the that, then Hubbard. There's there's controversy as to whether Hubbard really did or didn't name them, but they came out and said, hey, Hubbard said we were going to be the ones in charge. Right. And Miscavige, you know, uh, put them down very, very quickly as well. Right. Interesting. Yeah. But it reminds me of the, the a bit of, again, the, the Church of Latter-day Saints uh, of Mormonism. Yeah. Yeah. One of one of the what happens is Brigham Young was was supposed to be the disciple of Joseph Smith, but Joseph Smith also had a son uh, who in who would advocated for a less extreme, kind of more progressive, socially progressive version of the church, which still exists today. And I think it has it has more members in Scientology. His offshoot. I'm trying to remember the oh. exact name. Of it. 
I, yeah, I but he I has. Didn't know yeah. I didn't know he'd successfully offshooted something better than original Mormonism because yes, yes, seen... a lot more open. I wish I could remember the name of it, okay. but uh, it's it's it's. It, I think it's like instead of latter day, you know, something like Day of Saints or something or current day, you know, something a very similar name. Um, but yeah, and that was a really interesting moment in the religion where Brigham Young took probably. 70% of the followers of the LDS faith, but Joseph Smith III took about 30%. And to this day, within that religion, there's, I want to say there's about 150,000 members. So it is interesting if you don't attack the person that you could actually create something. And some argue you might say, create something that that has all of the good and none of the bad. And that, that makes me interested, you know, makes me wonder, I wonder in an alternate universe where people going and starting their own offshoot of Scientology weren't attacked, would there be like a kinder, gentler Scientology? And if so, would it have grown quite successfully? Would, would it have been like Tony Robbins and Scientology 2, you know, next to each other without well, there, all well, the uh, well, and shunning? Sure. To be clear, there is. These are independent right, Scientology. That's true. Right. There, there, there are independent Scientology organizations. There is the first independent Scientology, Church of Scientology. There is right. the Church of Scientology, the Great Plains, or some shit like that. Independent Scientology right. Church of the Great Plains. I really don't keep up on this stuff very much because they're right. not of that's super high interest to me. But yes, no, I get that. They, um, they don't take off. And they don't right. grow right. to massive volumes of people, and people are not right. beating a door, you know, a, a path to their door. And the reason is because it doesn't really work. You know, it's, it's not right. hard right. to figure out if you it's just the fundamentals. Well, yeah. if if you really had, okay, I mean, just think about it for a second. If you really had a topic, a subject, a, a methodology of achieving psychic powers and abilities. Even if we drop all the Thetan stuff and we just go for the Psy stuff, the world would go nuts overnight if that was real. I mean, any source of psychic, you know, power, the, sure. everybody would lose their minds overnight. It would change everything right. if you could right. actually prove it. That's what it's all based on, right? But nobody has even close to it. And the funny thing about this, the thing that I actually laugh about, uh, you know, uh, is there's a million dollar challenge out there from the James Randi Foundation to prove sure. psychic ability. Right. All you got to right. do and is challenge that guy it. on television and Johnny Carson. Yeah, right. Yeah. All you got to do is go prove it under controlled scientific conditions right. and you're golden. You get a million dollars. Right. Not Why is one, anybody jumping up to do one. it? One. And people have tried. Funny. People have said, I can do it. They can't. Not happening. They can't. Yeah. You know? That's funny. Yeah. It's so. funny. Right. Right. Yeah. So hey, let me let me let me let me reorient here because I want to ask you a couple questions and then we'll Please. move toward wrapping up. Please. Um, this has been great. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I've, I've had the time of my life. I need to go to the bathroom at some point, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, well, like I said, let me ask you this and maybe yeah. we'll just wrap oh, yeah. up, okay? Right. What's next for you? That's what I'm really curious about. Where are you going? Thank you for asking. Thank you for asking. Uh, I have a few buns in the oven talking with some in interesting uh, alternative YouTube thing. One uh, that has 5 million subscribers, so that would be kind of cool. Might be a correspondent with them. Um, 
going to do some some work uh, corresponding with the Danny Masterson trial. Right now, I have my own YouTube. It's Dodge Landisman. I have such a bizarre name. So D-O-D-G-E-L-A-N-D-E-S-M-A-N. If you want to search that in YouTube. And then there's a black link. and white I'll put photo. a link to it, guys, in the in Oh, the you're the best. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so you could, you could do that. I, I did a lot. I did a... Well, long rundown. This is a longer rundown with you, but I put uh, a personal rundown uh, on my YouTube page explaining the basic situation. And in my YouTube page, I kind of want to do three things. One, find news stories that aren't being covered by the rest of the mainstream media that fell through the cracks that are important to talk about. Second, looking at news through a historical lens and understanding news better by understanding history. I, I have a deep love uh, for you know 20th century history. For example, I just put up a video about the U-2 spy plane and Eisenhower, the kind of great forgotten scandal, the Dwight Eisenhower administration uh, about the U-2 spy plane flying over Russian airspace. So very comparable to the Chinese weather balloon. Yep. And, and getting yeah, shut and down, if I remember right. Yes, exactly. It yeah. got shut down. Yeah, just as as the other one did. Uh, and then third law. So I, I might be bothering you in the future. So uh, just keep that in mind. Long form conversations with people that had a direct role in a topic that has made the news. So, for example, awesome. I've a, a friend of mine. Uh, and I've traveled across 27 states in Mexico, and I have a friend of mine who uh, got kidnapped by the cartel for two years. So she's where I'm going to talk with her, and she'll talk about a pretty fascinating experience, and I'll have that up within the next couple of days. So, yeah, just kind of news from a, a historical and human perspective, I would say, would be would be my page and looking at some of their stuff. But, yeah, I'd be, be honored for the follow, and, and, and thank you for mentioning that, too. Absolutely. Thanks, Dodge. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up for today. We can always do this again, of course. I'd love to. I'm game whenever you want. Awesome. All right, folks. Um, so links below. Okay. So you can connect with Dodge and uh, I will always, as always, I will plug a couple things here. One, if you are looking for consultation services of some kind in regards to having come out of a cult or you have family or friends or people in some kind of coercive situation, you don't know what to do. You're kind of wondering, or you have questions, you can always contact me and I am more than happy to help. I offer professional consultation on that line. And the other thing I wanted to say, of course, is that this channel, as always, is fan-funded by you guys. The only reason this continues and that I was able to talk to Dodge and do all the other stuff I do here is because of you guys. And I want to thank you for that. And I want to encourage all of you out there to support the channel, either through Patreon, PayPal, Venmo, links below to all of those things. Show me some love. Even if it's just a cup of coffee, every little bit helps. All right, guys, I will see you next week. Bye-bye.